This is Work Perks Podcast, Episode 5, with me, Brian McCammon. Now, this week's episode is with a special guest, Aaron Hall, Managing Director at Strategic Retirement Partners. Now, I know what you're thinking. An episode where we talk about 401k stuff that's all boring, right? Well, wrong. Aaron and I have a discussion around a very unique perk, Financial Employee Assistance Programs, or Financial EAP. Given the current unemployment rate at this particular date uh, that we're recording, about 10.2%, and everything everyone has experienced during 2020 with financial pressures coming from all sorts of directions, it's a particularly relevant conversation to have. So without further delay, let's go ahead and get into our interview. But first, the legal stuff. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investment or investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Aaron Hall is a registered representative with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Global Retirement Partners, a registered investment advisor. GRP and Strategic Retirement Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. Any and all illustrations are hypothetical, and the final selection of a service provider is the responsibility of the plan sponsor. Good afternoon, Aaron. How are you? I'm fantastic, Brian. How are you? Doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. Glad that, uh, glad that you're able to join us and looking forward to our conversation today. Um, you know, really excited about our topic of financial EAP. Uh, yes. You know, and, and before we go too far into things, I'd like to turn the floor over to you. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got your start in the financial world. Uh, and, you know, sure. maybe a little bit of a background for us. Sure. Well, I grew up in Rochester, New York. Um, if, if this is uh, ever on video, you can see my uh, homage to the Buffalo Bills and the New York Yankees. And I, uh, I found my way to financial services kind of on accident. Um, I, I just right out of college started working for a record keeper that's based there and have had a lot of different jobs over the years in financial services, but I found my home as, as a financial consultant here. I you know, I work with retirement plan sponsors, and we just work to build a great retirement plan that anchors a benefits package for a company. And if you have a strong benefits package and a strong culture, you know, you can really enhance an employee's organizational citizenship. And that's what we aim to do to create that with, with companies and organizations around the retirement plan and then, and then building out from there. You know, so that's what I do. Um, but I've been in this industry since 2001. And um, it was an interesting year to start, that's for sure. Uh, just after I can September, imagine. Yeah, just after September 11th. And, and now here we are, almost 20 years later. So, you know, you were, you were drawn to this initially. Was there anything that, that stuck out to you that you went, okay, I had my aha moment. This is why I've got to get into this field. Yeah. Well, retirement planning in particular, I learned when I was young. I, was, I remember I had a job when I was 19 and my dad said that if I put uh, $1,000 away into a Roth IRA, I didn't know what the heck that was, that he would match me. He would give me an, another $1,000. And I thought, well, I don't really know what that is, but I, I know that that seems like a pretty good deal. 
So yeah, my, my father gave me my first uh, matching contribution into a retirement plan. And so that really helped me understand early on at 19, the idea that it's important to save for retirement. And, uh, you know, I just, when I had the opportunity to go to work right out of college with a, a company in town that, that had a division in retirement, I thought, I know what that is. I can do that. And I started in customer service, chatting with the similar plan sponsors I work with now, solving problems, answering questions. And I really just found that this is, this is meaningful work. You know, really it's it, helping people get to retirement is meaningful work. And um, I haven't looked back. That's awesome. I agree with you wholeheartedly about the, the joy that's found in meaningful work. Serious question. Is your father still offering matches for rocks? Because <laughs> I, might, I might be hitting them up. Yeah, uh, I could put in a good word for you. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, so you, you mentioned one particular, right, Roth, and, and you also mentioned the, uh, the uh, or we alluded to the financial EAP, what we're going to be speaking yeah. about, but tell us a little bit more about what else you deal with. You also mentioned 401k plan sponsors, but, uh, you know, paint the picture for us of the, the breadth of your uh, sort of practice and your expertise. Yeah. So with working with retirement plans, that has a you know, a wide variety of different types of specific retirement plans you could have. 401k is probably the most common. 403b plans for nonprofit, tax exempt world. We do non qualified plans, defined benefit plans, cash balance. Um, we even had partners, uh, you know, that are experts in ESOPs, those type of things. So, really, if it has to do with a, you know, a sponsored retirement plan, we can handle it. But the other things that we do, really helping to guide plan sponsors to say, okay, the retirement plan's great, but what else? What other issues? You know, can we help solve recruiting, retaining, building organizational citizenship? Um, you know, that is uh, things like HSA plans, which are a cousin to retirement plans. You know, you think of that a lot of times more as a health insurance kind of benefit or flexible spending. Um, but HSA plans can be a great cornerstone to a, a piece of a retirement plan. Certainly the financial EAP. We work with companies to do student loan repayment benefit plans. You know, these things within the financial world where employees have to make a decision, they have a finite budget of what they can spend on benefits uh, and, and issues that they need help with and that health insurance retirement plans can solve. But what are the ancillary things that, that can be very meaningful? Uh, emergency spending, 529 plans, you know, all those type of things. And every company and organization is different as to what they might need. But, you know, we try to be the, the resourceful tool for them. I always say resourcefulness is the mega competency. Um, and if we don't do it, we certainly know who does and we can help our plan sponsors with that. Well, resourcefulness and knowledge. I, I learned long ago, the less you know, the more you pay. And that <laughs> tends to, that tends to right. uh, we won't even go down the path That's of true. what I've overpaid for, um, but that <laughs> tends to hold true in, in a lot of facets of our life. And as an organization, you know, who's looking to say, how do we offer these things? What do we offer? It's so incredibly helpful to have uh, a partner that's not necessarily going to push all these things on you because some run parallel to each other, but help educate you and say, here's where this one fits. And here's where this other one fits. And here's where this third piece fits. And here's how, uh, you know, here's how that entire component works. It's incredibly value, valuable. And from what I've seen in the marketplace, pretty underutilized. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it just, uh, being able to be a conduit for our for our clients so they don't have to you know go to 15 places for things and 
be able to help them evolve as they grow and as their organization changes and as their needs change. You know, that's, that's what we're here for. That's awesome. Okay, so the whole purpose of you and I connecting today was yeah. to talk about a very specific work perk, financial EAP. Now, for those that are tuning in and, and listening, they may or may not know what regular EAP is. And I just wanna set the stage that this is not the exact same thing, albeit kind of similar. Uh, so please tell us from kind of a high level and working our way down, what exactly is financial EAP? Yes, and I think it's important to start with the, the traditional sense of what EAP is, Employee Assistance Program. And it traditionally has been something that's bolted on to health insurance, uh, a, a concierge. I have, I have two kids. I remember I worked for a big uh, organization um, when I was having one of my kids, and I was able to tap into EAP and find a, uh, a doctor in my neighborhood. I was able to find resources, um, you know, associated with, you know, pregnancy, uh, where to get prenatal vitamins or coupons or just anything like that, but it mostly is focused around health insurance. Um, some of those programs even have mental health uh, assistance where you can go and, you know, get a couple sessions with a mental health professional um, if you're dealing with a specific issue or somebody in your family is. So that is really where EAP started. It's really an idea of assisting an employee with a very specific personal issue that needs more than just a, a, you know, a broad brush solution. Financial EAP is where employees have access to resources, again, to solve a specific issue. Um, oftentimes, uh, things that come up unexpectedly, and, you know, you, you need somewhere to go. I always say it's like, if, if you broke your hand, you know, you, you would go to the hospital, you would go to a doctor, they would take an x-ray, they would tell you what's, you know, what bone you broke, they would wrap you in a cast probably and, uh, you know, and, and give you a diagnosis and, and tell you what steps to take. Um, but if, uh, you know, if something happened financially, right, if, if your car broke down, um, you know, what do you do if you, if you need $5,000 to fix your car and you're not sure where to go, where do you get that diagnosis, right? When you break your hand, you don't you don't go to WebMD and get a broad brush answer. You go to a doctor. When you have a specific financial issue, you need a specific solution, and that's what financial employee assistance is. It's usually a one-on-one -on -one counselor person that you can talk to, um, certified financial planners, you know, credentialed individuals with nothing to sell you that can help you with your specific problem, maybe an acute issue or planning ongoing things. You wanna send your kid to college, you wanna plan for a better budget, um, you know, for something that's coming up or just get, you know, get into a, a better approach to managing your finances with a budget. All these type of things can be solved with financial EAP. Do you find that financial EAP is included in a company's 401k, uh, offering through their record keeper or their, their investment partner, like a Fidelity? Generally not. Uh, although uh, platforms like and record keepers like Fidelity offer fantastic financial literacy programs, uh, but they are very different. In our world, the term financial wellness is a catch-all term for some of these types of programs. Um, I would argue that financial literacy and financial EAP are the opposite ends of the spectrum in regards to financial, liter uh, excuse me, financial wellness. Um, but a lot of platforms now offer fantastic financial literacy tools. So 
if you want to go and do a worksheet on budgeting, you could probably find it at any of the top record keepers. Even if you wanted to maybe do a tutorial or take a, you know, watch a video about it, self-learning, you know, about financial literacy, that's there. Not as many offer and certainly not standard. Um, some platforms have where you can bolt on these types of programs, but it's certainly not standard. And when someone does look to perhaps bolt this on, uh, are there different levels they need to think about? Are there different components or is it just as simple as we want all our employees like a traditional EAP or employee assistance program to have access to a certain amount of hours free of charge? Can you walk us through what a little bit of that, that bolt on and I'm air quoting here, uh, you know, really looks like? Yeah, it really depends on what a company is looking for. So if, if an organization is looking to check the box that they have financial wellness because they heard that was a thing and they should have it, uh, you know, you could probably check the box and say that a record keeper platform for financial literacy is, you know, is check the box. But when an organization is looking to impact the lives of their employees and, and frankly, not every single person. So it's not 100% usually of an organization that utilizes these programs. In fact, with benefits in general, wouldn't you say, Brian, that you know, the, the percentage of people that take advantage of programs, you know, it's, it's certainly not 100%, um, no. even with health insurance and, re and retirement plans, right? So right. we're trying to help a subset of employees who either are currently having or in the future, you know, may be really struggling with a financial issue. And so for organizations that want to make an impact, that want to, that care about their employees and want to make an impact to have a meaningful solution um, for those employees, then, you know, usually it's third party solutions. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are a number of fantastic um, organizations that offer, you know, the, the top notch level, one on one human contact, let me help you empathetically solve your problem. And then there's kind of in between um, the evolution of financial literacy to financial EAP, kind of in between are some app-based programs. So they're more technology-based. They're a little bit more than just financial literacy, but they're sort of gamification of, okay. of these uh, ideas. So if I give you an example, uh, maybe there's 10 modules and for every module you do, you get a gold sticker. And if you get so many gold stickers, you can be entered into a raffle or maybe an organization says anyone that gets, you know, 10 gold stars gets a half day of PTO or some kind of carrot, you know, to, to drive people to complete these things. But usually that's more with an idea of improving financial literacy um, and you can get results with those things and it can help, but it's not really the full blown solution of, wow, I, I was in, I'm an employee and I was in a real bind. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what to do when, you know, example, again, my car broke down. I didn't know if I, if I should take it out of my 401k, if I should go into credit card debt, if I should ask a family, you know, friend, if I should, you know, bus to work, you know, I was really in a bind, but this EAP program really helped me. There's a big difference there. You know, you, you we well, clearly we can see that, right? Like literacy and and needing assistance in some capacity. You're right; are, are two different things. One's more proactive, one's a bit more reactive. But you brought up uh, an interesting point uh, that I just want to make sure we're clear on. So, is financial EAP only for someone or someone's 
who are experiencing some sort of challenge in the moment? Or is there an ability to tap into that service if someone is trying to be proactive? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. So no, is the short answer. Although it's certainly very helpful when somebody finds themselves unexpectedly in a financial stressful situation. But these programs can, can help individuals tackle bigger, uh, bigger financial challenges or things that they haven't been thinking about proactively. So maybe you have some, uh, you know, kids you want to help put them, you know, in college. How do you save for that? What's the best type of vehicles? Do you forego your own retirement savings for that? You know, kind of a little next level planning. Um, budgeting is a huge one. And one of the vendors we work with is working very hard on stability right now and helping people get stable, which is, I think, a fantastic um, goal and idea to bring bring forth to people to say, look, you know, you might feel like things are stable and then something like, I don't know, let's say a global pandemic comes along and you realize- <laughs> Small thing, very small thing. thing. <laughs> no, very, very pedestrian kind of event. Um, and, you know, and you might realize you're not as stable as you thought you were, this idea of lifestyle creep and keeping up, you know, with with all the things that, you know, we, we maybe make more money or we want more things, but, you know, are we really stable? So helping people identify where they are in their, you know, financial situation and helping people to have some aha moments. It's about engagement. That doesn't happen when you implement a, pl- a program. Everyone's not engaged in three months. It's really about a three-year process to help people get to the point where they might, they might use it as a means to take themselves from like good to great or educate themselves, but more personally on what they can do actionably to put themselves in a better financial situation. Just curious, taking a, a bit of a detour. So you'd mentioned uh, that financial creep, right? And that lifestyle. We always, we've heard the term keeping up with the Joneses and we experience it. Uh, it's the genius of all sorts of uh, product marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that turn on the TV, it's going to be going to be there. But I am curious, does financial EAP and let's say a specific situation, does that ever work with a regular EAP in the event that someone is having a keep up with the Jones moment, experiencing financial stress, perhaps having a mental, a bit mm-hmm. of a mental breakdown and saying, I, I need some psychological help and financial. Is there a two-way communication between those two programs? That is such a fantastic question because, you know, financial stress is mental stress, right? I mean, financial stress is mental stress. So uh, I say absolutely. The good ones, absolutely. Uh uh, the financial uh, EAP solution we utilize actually coordinates benefits. So uh, understanding not just what they have in financial wellness, but what an employee has as a full breadth of um, uh, employee benefits, including EAP, is a fantastic thing to to marry because, like you said, it, it is they're they're so hand in hand. So again, I think a lot of the good financial EAP services will be able to say, you know what, we're going to help you with this financial issue. I'm so sorry that this is happening, you know, an empathetic approach. And then to say, you know what, I think aside from these actionable items, you, did you know you have access to this other program at work? You know, let me give you the number. I suggest you call. Um, it absolutely goes hand in hand. It's a fantastic uh, question and, and assumption on your part. 
Well, and it's, it's one of those ones where, you know, it, there's all the stats out there and I don't have any necessarily in front of me, so I won't try to go and quote ones wrongly, but I know that uh, financial strain is one that has a heavy burden on people um, and finances are one of the five pillars of your well-being. Um, so making sure that those are in check is really important for a lot of people. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, and we joke about this and all joking aside, the COVID-19 pandemic has been absolutely horrific. Um, but this pedestrian, and again, I'm joking here, um, event, have you seen an uptick in, in people using financial EAP, um, you know, during this period? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it might not be the employee him or herself, but maybe their spouse, something in their household, you know, it really is a household issue and, and as most things are, not just an employee issue. And uh, we've had a lot of questions, not just about people having, you know, some some hardship, but there are things like uh, the CARES Act that came out where that changed some of the rules for a retirement plan and other access to other information and, and funds, perhaps. So we're getting questions on those type of things. Can I get access to my retirement plan? Well, you may uh, if, if your company has adopted those type of things. So um, absolutely, we have seen an uptick in those type of questions. And it kind of goes back to that stability idea of, boy, people maybe thought they were stable before, but realized, geez, I, I was only I was only maybe not one paycheck away, but I was four paychecks away from being stable. So, yeah, we have seen, an, unfortunately, a pretty dramatic uptick. I can, yeah, I can see why, you know, given the, the state of what so many people have gone through when it comes to, um, you know, to, to working uh, and obviously their, their vocations, things are being cut off, remote work has come into play, perhaps there's, you know, extended care of loved ones. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what, so what are some of the different ways that if this is offered, uh, companies choosing to offer financial EAP, how does someone go about and, and, and interact with it? Is it just a phone number? Is it uh, video chat? Okay chat box. Can you, can you explain a little more about the experience, what someone would expect uh, when tapping into a service like this? Yeah, and all services are a little different, but given the technology boom that we've seen since COVID-19, most of them are doing certainly phone-based, email, chat boxes. You know, you go into a website mm -hmm. and it says, hi, can I help you? You know, and you can actually <laughs> chat that way. Um, we've seen texting, you know, ability for, uh, for folks to text back and forth. Certainly Zoom face-to-face, -face you know, or whatever medium you use, you know, has become more and more common. And people, you know, we've seen people like that, this, this sort of medium where, you know, you can virtually be talking to someone, you can see someone's face, you can, you can uh, really interact with them in a meaningful way. So, yeah, all, all different mediums, everyone's different as to how they want to interact. And that can change. Maybe you start off with a text and you, you know, and you move to, you know, a virtual platform and, most vendors for, you know, financial wellness, financial EAP are very flexible because they want to meet people where they are and engage. Understanding that flexibility, uh, that's, that's good to know that there's a lot of different ways to utilize that benefit, that it's not just a call in, uh, that there are the, those different sort of platforms. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've been painting this picture this entire time of kind of subconsciously anyways, why would a company want to offer this? And, and you mentioned a whole variety of reasons, but I want to allow you an opportunity to expand a bit more on why. Uh, and as we're thinking about that, uh, you know, I'm curious if how a company is viewed financial EAP has changed 
um, over the last, and let's look back even farther than just the past few months, but say like the past two years where we had some, you know, really, really high markets, uh, very low unemployment, uh, you know, by all accounts, the economy was booming. So I'm, I'm curious to kind of the, uh, that, that look back, but then also, you know, why expanding on that, why a company would want to put this in place. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you make a good point about pre-pandemic, the economy was in, you know, by all accounts, great shape. And we were hearing from HR professionals and organizations, you know, saying that they were really trying to compete for talent and, you know, offering programs and benefits, you know, like other work parks, right, are are desired, but what's the most, you know, what's the most meaningful Mm -hmm. and what's the best bang for your buck, right? And as a CFO, that's, you know, that's always the question, what's our return on investment for a program like this? And so we had, we had definitely seen an interest, you know, fi- again, that financial wellness term is something that employees were seeking, maybe not knowing what they were asking for. Um, so some companies were looking for a check the box solution, but the real reason why a company offers a financial EAP specifically is to help impact, again, the lives of their workers. And if we believe that our best asset is our human capital, and if we have the the people in the seat doing the work, you know, productive work that they feel is is important, working for a company that they feel like cares about them, you know, then the productivity boost can be a real thing. Now, I always think this is so interesting, before the pandemic, Right in 2019, PricewaterhouseCoopers puts out an annual employee wellness survey. It's fantastic. Google it. Uh, I I comb through it every time it comes out each year, and I think it was so interesting. They break it down into different generational cohorts, and then uh, and then uh, in total. So that's great. Um, but they noted that from 2018 to 2019, there was a huge uptick in overall employee stress. It was surveyed at 47% in 2008 of, of employees who were who were financially stressed, up to 67% in 2019. And that's interesting because, as you mentioned, like the economy's booming, unemployment is low. I asked uh, somebody who's, who's in this business, actually, uh, Peter Dunn. Uh, he's Pete the Planner. He's sort of a, you know, a, a leader in this industry. And I was at an event with him and I asked him, Pete, why do you think that is? And he said, you know what, when people feel good, they spend more money, which they did in probably 18. And then they have that feeling of, oh, now I have to pay for it. And so I thought that was so interesting that stress would go up in a relatively booming time um, to try to pay for the things that were keeping up with the Joneses, right? Um, And that was before the pandemic, 67% of employees are financially stressed. So if they're stressed, how are they doing at work? Probably not well. (laughs) Um, Probably not as well. Uh, So some of the other studies cited that uh, about 35% of these employees, you know, or or all employees are distracted in some way by finances at work. And half of those employees, half of 35%, 17% of employees overall are spending three or more hours at work every week trying to solve a financial problem or issue. That's a lot of productivity time. I mean, yeah, three hours a week. You're talking 12 hours, 12 to 15 hours a month, depending on the month. I mean, that's that's one to two days, you know, of exactly. truncated work. Um, that's that's spent, like you said, trying to solve a problem. Um, that's a big deal. 
that's a lot. And so when you when you think about from a return on investment perspective and CFO perspective, you know, if you have 17% of your employees, if you can just help a couple of them, you know, these type of programs are paying for themselves in not just productivity. I mean, that's the dollars and cents of it, but can you imagine being an employee of a company and you're having a significant stressful, you know, issue that you're trying to solve, you're sweating it out, you're you're spending time at work and you're a good employee, you don't want to do that, but it's just stressing you out. But you have an employer who provides a resource to you that can help listen to you, that can be empathetic to you, that can give you ideas on how to solve it, that's going to follow up with you, that's going to that's going to help help you solve this problem not just on a 10-minute phone call, but maybe on a 10 call over the course of two months, you know, process to help you get to a point where you can move forward. Can you imagine how that makes your employee feel? You've got an organizational citizen. And if you can have an army of citizens, not employees, then you've really got something. And that's the reason why, one of, but really I think the main reason why a company would want to offer a program like this. You know, you, you, you mentioned it a few times, employee citizens, and I think it's worth noting and, and you know, kind of unpacking that to a degree. Uh, you know, it, it may be hard uh, for a CFO to measure that or uh, for someone in the executive chain to say, what is that ROI and how do we measure the increase in productivity? Some of that can be a little, a little fuzzy, uh, but where I, I believe you would see a big, big impact is in that turnover when headhunters are reaching out to people within your organization um, to poach them and have them, you know, come over somewhere else. You know, and if, if somebody is offered a job uh, with a 50% pay increase, potentially they're going to, they're going to go. I mean, that's a lot of money, you know, yeah. but when all things being equal and that pay perhaps is close, it's those fringe perks that mm-hmm. start to get people thinking, is that really worth me, you know, moving from one place to another? Uh it's that's where a benefit like this, I think, would really show its its weight, right? Yes, absolutely. It's a it's a piece of the fabric that weaves the culture of an organization and um, and how people feel about the organization they work for. Because feelings drive behavior, which drive action. So, absolutely. You know, I like to think about, I mean, the cost of these programs is a fraction of what even some companies' health insurance increases are annually. So really, like, what's the cost to not have a program like this? To your point, turnover. You know, yeah, the cost of not having a program like this could be losing one of your, you know, key contributors on a specific project, uh, someone in the mid-level. You know, I think a lot of times people look at turnover as something that only happens in the lower rungs of an organization. But with how siloed um, and how uh, how much work some people have a tendency of pulling in, you could lose someone fairly significant that's going to have a you know an impact on your operation. That's big revenue drops for three to six months while you find someone new, train them up, get them into uh, into the play into um, that place. But you did mention uh, cost, so yeah. estimate ballpark, right? Like what what does it cost to get something like this going? Yeah. And I, just to be clear, I don't, you know, I don't own a financial EAP or financial wellness company. So, but I can tell you in the, in the marketplace, um, there are different providers for perhaps different size companies that might Mm -hmm. be, you know, a good fit. Most of these organizations have, you know, a minimum, you know, a minimum cost of uh, maybe around $5,000, something like that. Different ones might be more or less, but uh, let's say, you know, a hundred person company, uh, who, based on some of the math of productivity, 
is going to save $51,000 in reclaimed productivity, the a financial EAP program would cost about one-tenth of that. So, I mean, for, for a hundred-person company, maybe in the five to $10,000 range annually. Okay. So an expense is that, that, that good ROI? I think that's a pretty good ROI to me. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it's, it's good to know, uh, obviously a lot of people listening would, it's helpful to know ballparks or generals, right? To know that a program like this isn't so cost prohibitive that it may cost, right. you know, someone's full-time salary, uh, but also it's not so, it's not at that price point where they wouldn't even think twice about it and just say, oh yeah, just go expense this for the year. It's like, it, it takes some thought, but it's very, very doable, especially when you consider uh, the larger part of that uh, benefits offering. Yeah, absolutely. And usually, again, you know, usually it's like a per head, you know, with a minimum and it, but they vary and, you know, you really got to go through or have a resource like myself to go through and say, well, which, you know, what are these going to do for you? How does this, what is the service actually, you know, ver- again, financial literacy, app-based mm-hmm. versus, you know, full EAP. Um, it's important to kind of know what you're getting for the price, right? I would say. Absolutely. If, uh, in the absence of value, cost is the only consideration. So if you're getting something um, that sounds too good to be true, it, it probably is. I've, I've experienced that too. <laughs> so what would, what would be someone's, say someone's listening in and they want to start exploring financial EAP a little bit more. You mentioned WebMD, right? For going to the doctor. I'm, we can Google yeah. just about anything, but what would be someone's, yeah. uh, just a few of their next steps or key considerations as they're starting to begin this process of potentially implementing uh, a financial EAP program? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I would love my clients and any any other you know plan sponsors to go to their trusted resources first because Google yes you can you can Google financial wellness companies but um, and there are a lot of them and you know uh, I don't know all of them some of them are, are regional you can get you know a lot of different types of, of these programs so I would start with your trusted resources your health insurance broker as well as your retirement plan advisor are the two places I would start um, HR managers are also really tied in. So, you know, a lot belong to SHRM or other, you know, organizations that help each other out. So in the absence of, you know, the knowledge from a retirement plan advisor or a health insurance broker that has, you know, a referral or our information on this, I would also reach out to those networks probably before going to a Google, but, you know, if you, if you spend long enough, I'm sure you can Google it too. Google can find just about everything. Just about anything. <laughs> um, as long as it's not on page two, that's where Google searches go to die. Ah, <laughs> yes. The dreaded page two. It's page two. Well, Aaron, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, really appreciate your expertise and your insights into a very unique perk, one that was somewhat new to me, but also one that's particularly timely and I believe will be for the foreseeable future as we help families uh, and households um, you know, make sure that their finances are on track, make sure that people can stay productive in the workplace, um, you know, and, and make sure that they're financially situated to weather anything that, uh, that comes at them. So thank you for taking time to share your expertise with us. And we look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you. I've had a lot of fun. Thanks, Brian. Well, I hope you enjoyed our interview. You know, prior to meeting Erin and chatting with her about financial EAP, I never knew that financial EAP was a thing. 
So I was pleasantly surprised to learn a lot more about it and how it can really be a beneficial tool. I can count at least a handful of times in my life, especially early on in my career, where having access to these tools would have been really beneficial. So I sincerely hope that you learned something and that uh, you know this is something you may be able to incorporate in what your organization is looking to achieve and, and add. Um, you know, if you're interested in connecting with Erin, she can be found on LinkedIn. Uh, go to linkedin.com forward slash Erin, E-R-I-N, Morsch, M-O-R-S-C-H, Hall, spelled like it sounds, H-A-L-L, dot com. That's, that'll take you directly to her LinkedIn page. And again, Erin Hall with Strategic Retirement Partners. As always, thanks for sharing your time with me. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. Look forward to seeing you back next week for episode six.